Hey y'all, welcome to Beyond Consulting, the podcast dedicated to helping listeners navigate a career after consulting. I'm Stephen Haug, host of Beyond Consulting and director at ECA Partners. Each week on the podcast, we host folks who have spent time in consulting, but have since made a career pivot or a change. Before we get started, I want to thank ECA Partners for sponsoring Beyond Consulting. ECA is an executive search and on-demand consultant firm specializing in former consultants and private equity. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Steve Eldham, SVP of Recycling and Supply Chain at Evroz North America and former Booz Allen consultant. Steve, welcome to Beyond Consulting. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Good. Well, of course, want to hear a lot about your current role as SVP of Recycling and Supply Chain at Evroz, but let's rewind a bit, go back to the beginning where you started in, in automotive, it looks like. Yes, I started in automotive. I had a, a lot of passion for automobiles as a kid. When it was time for me to contemplate what to major in in college, I picked mechanical engineering as a degree back at the American University of Beirut. And almost immediately after graduating, within two weeks, I packed up my bags and moved to the U.S., landed in Boston, spent some time with some family there. And I was doing two things. I was looking for uh, career opportunities, but also applying to different colleges. And at the time, I thought if I positioned myself closer to the auto industry, I'd have a much better shot at landing a good position in one of the auto OEMs. And so I ended up accepting uh, acceptance from uh, the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor to join their manufacturing mechanical engineering program and spent about a year going through that program in Ann Arbor. Immediately after, started looking for opportunities both in the OEM space as well as tier one auto suppliers. And GM at the time had a great program where they brought in new college grads and took them through a rotation in engineering as well as manufacturing. So spent some time doing work in design and release engineering as well as validation. And at one point, they asked for volunteers to go to different assembly facilities. And I ended up joining a number of other co-workers of mine in the Oklahoma City assembly where GM made the Chevy Malibu at the time. And it was a great opportunity for all of us to get to understand how manufacturing works in an auto environment and participated quite significantly in fixing some of the quality issues on the vehicle and improve the overall performance, which was a great experience. Shortly after, I went back to the Detroit metro area and spent time working in design for manufacturability and then went into manufacturing engineering, where I was part of about two, 300 engineers who worked on the body shops of different production facilities. Our job was really to redesign the body shop from the ground up, to prepare it for a new vehicle program, and design the tools and equipment to help produce the car, and then go through the full launch experience on a vehicle. So it was a really good opportunity for me to practice three different rounds of designing, implementing, launching new vehicle programs and ensuring the quality and the production rates get met before we move on to another assignment and so on. And at the time, I was also working on my MBA, also at the University of Michigan, 
I went through the evening MBA program for about three and a half years. So spending a day, about 12 hour shifts at the production facility, and then taking some coursework at the university in Ann Arbor at night to get my MBA. And then as I was going through that, my passion became more around getting into consulting. I spent a lot of time talking to folks and educating myself on what a consulting career could provide and ended up taking an offer from the Chicago office of what was Booz Allen Hamilton and then ended up getting essentially rebranded as Booz and Company for quite some time. And about six months after I left the firm, it was acquired by PwC and now is known as Strategy and a great firm, great capability, uh, very good people who did a lot of interesting assignments in a variety of different industries to help Fortune 500 as well as uh, private equity firms extract value from acquisitions and operations that they ran. Yeah, well, I appreciate that walkthrough, right? So you undergrad in engineering, is that right, at the American University in Beirut? Yes. Left there for your master's degree at the University of Michigan and then joined GM right out of that. How long were you at GM? I spent seven and a half years total at GM. So the first year was a rotational program and then the majority of the rest of the time was spent in manufacturing engineering. Oh, great. And then while you were there, of course, uh, picked up the MBA along the way. Did you work with any consultants while you were at GM? I did not have the opportunity to work with any consultants. And so I didn't have actual real life exposure to it. I did talk to a lot of people to establish whether this would be a good career path for me or not. And I ended up really loving consulting in general. So it was definitely the right move for me. And it was a great continuation of the work that I've done at GM. So at the time, Booz really was very attracted to profiles like mine with folks who had significant experience prior to business school and also provided firsthand knowledge, practical knowledge in manufacturing or supply chain. So it was a great fit between what the firm was looking for and what my profile was at the time. And it sort of continued on the path of evolving my skill set and expertise in manufacturing topics. That is interesting. So they're particularly looking for folks who have a bit of the industry knowledge before joining the consulting firm. Did they put you on mostly on projects that were very relevant to your pre-consulting experience? So I was actually hired as a strategy consultant, uh, just like everyone else. But at the time, Booz was attracted to the profile. They were starting to develop this capability of having an expert model, which is not necessarily a uh, call it an MBA graduate per se, but someone who provided deep expertise in manufacturing. And it evolved over time. And I think a lot of other companies, other firms have done something very similar to broaden the level of capability and abilities that they provided their clients in general to now include additional IT related advice, ESG and other topics, not necessarily traditionally known in the business environment or covered as part of the typical consulting service offering. Interesting. So you're hired as a kind of general strategy consultant at Booz. Did they place you primarily on projects that leveraged your pre-consulting experience? They did. And at least in the beginning, 
and then it evolved over time. So most of the projects that I took on in the beginning were related to manufacturing, often a manufacturing footprint strategy, where you help the client understand their capabilities across the existing footprint and then find opportunities to get cost advantage versus their competition to allow them to be more profitable and more successful in the marketplace. Over time, I broadened my scope of coverage. I did some work in program management office, for example. I've done a lot of work with private equity firms to help them with their due diligence efforts, as well as integrate their acquisition and capture the value after the acquisition. So those were some additional experiences that I've gotten. A lot of my work also took me into the market side of things. So it always started with market and then worked its way into the nitty gritty levels of detail within the manufacturing organization and manufacturing operations, sometimes tackled technology aspects of the work to help fill in any gaps that the clients had at the time. And he spent about, well, I guess, just over six years at Booz & Co. before leaving as a principal there. Tell me about that decision. You, know, you made it to principal. What made you decide to look outside of consulting? Yeah, it's a great question, Stephen. I think the major decision that I made was related to whether I wanted to be a partner at one point or not. And at one point, I decided that going back to industry is a preferred option for me. Part of it was related to work-life balance, but a big portion of it was related to my desire to be implementing and also creating growth opportunities for companies instead of being on the advisory side of the equation. So that really was the main driver for my decision to leave shortly after getting promoted to principal. Great. And then your first role out of Booz Allen Hamilton was the Senior Director of Product and Resource Management at Evroz. Of course, you've been at Evroz for about nine years at this point, but can you tell us about that first position after leaving consulting? Yeah, that position was related to manufacturing, but not directly connected to it. So it is our fancy way of describing sales and operations planning. So the need at the time was the company had a desire to understand the capabilities a little bit more of what is possible to achieve from their production facilities and wanted to dive into that topic a bit more. So I was brought in to reorganize the function, sales and operations planning function, including diving into the details of scheduling production within the facility, understanding uptime, downtime, overall equipment effectiveness, and things related to how the production facilities operated, where we had flexibility to leverage, to optimize our margin potential, and take it all the way up to the commercial side of the business to help our sales force sell the right product and make the right promises to the customers to fix some of the issues we were facing from a customer delivery perspective. And that was a great role. I didn't really have much exposure to sales and operations planning in the past. It was a great learning opportunity for me. And the team at the time was a great team. They were very experienced in what they did. They just needed to be guided in the right way and to be given the ability to have the right conversation with experts, both on the commercial as well as the ops side. And we made significant improvements in a pretty short period of time. Mm. 
Interesting. And before we dive in deeper into your career at Evroz, do you mind if we zoom out a little bit and hear about Evroz as a company? Absolutely. Evroz North America is a, approximately a $2 billion steel producer. We make products in a variety of industry servicing, energy, rail, construction, and industrial sectors. We employ about 4,400 employees, both in the U.S. and Canada, split almost perfectly evenly between the two countries. And our footprint tends to be biased towards the West. So we have facilities in Colorado and Oregon. And in Canada, we operate primarily in the Saskatchewan and Alberta regions to service primarily the energy market and to some extent, some industrial production within that Western Canadian footprint. Right. That is interesting. So a fairly, very large organization, of course. Were they looking for a consultant whenever they were looking to fill the position that you ultimately ended up in? They weren't necessarily looking for a consultant at the time. I just happened to have flexible capabilities to fill the need that they had at the time related to sales and operations planning. They did hire a number of consultants. We had some colleagues from Booz as well as other firms working at Evraz, but primarily in dealing with more strategic issues. So overseeing strategy for the different business units and helping the existing team develop a better way to go to market or to manage operational efficiency improvements and things of that nature. I was probably the one consultant that was deployed in a line of business role at the company at the time, which was by design. I didn't want to go straight into strategy. Like most consultants, when they exit firms, they end up in dealing with strategy because that is well within their area of expertise. I did take on a strategic role about a year and a half into my assignment at Evraz, which was exceptional. I really liked being part of it, but I had a dual role. So I kept my previous assignment in SNOP planning, and I took on additional responsibilities to oversee strategy for the energy market. Great. And then you held that senior director role for just over a year before moving into a VP position. Can you tell us a little bit about how your role changed once you became a vice president? Absolutely. Delegated more responsibility for the planning side of the business to my existing team on the ground, which was very capable, and then took over, like I mentioned, the strategy side of it. So I had another subset of the team working on strategic issues related to the energy market. We had a number of investments that we were making to improve our capability to service our customers and make the right business cases to invest uh, significant capital into those projects. So on the tune of 200 plus million dollars, and that was a great decision by the company at the time, we became from a capability perspective, able to service across a much wider breadth of product at the time, much higher margin product that made us significantly more profitable. So having that involvement, not only creating, but also implementing the strategy was one of the highlights, I would say, of my time at Evraz. Good. And then before we get into your SVP role, don't want to get too far away from your consulting days before we hear a bit more about that transition. 
you did have the you know industry experience before consulting. So I expect you had, of course, a good understanding of what it was like to hold an industry position. But curious what you find, uh, maybe some of the tools that from your consulting days that were extremely helpful in your industry role at Evroz, and then maybe some of the gaps you recognize, some of the things that consulting perhaps did not prepare you for. Sure. The one thing I would say consulting had influenced me in the way I did my work after consulting was in a couple ways. One is on the human capital side, when you're a consultant, labor is part of the revenue side of the equation. So you tend to look at people and human capital in a very different way. Your main objective is to develop, hire new talent, develop their capability and deploy them to help you solve some of the most pressing problems. And having that mindset, being in industry, it changes your attitude about labor and people in general, human capital. And so I would say after consulting, I'm much more likely to spend time on the people development side of it, talent management, upskilling, coaching, developing employees versus I was before. That was one of the two ways. The second way is how to approach ambiguous problems. We're used as consultants to deal with ambiguous problems all the time. We have a lot of reps in it. Having that ability when you're working in industry is also very meaningful and helps you in many ways to overcome challenges and obstacles and take things back to first principles thinking much more than the typical industry expert who spent most of his or her time within industry without exposure to consulting. So those were the two things that I think influenced the way I thought post my consulting career. And then I think on the where it, consulting felt short a little bit, I think is on the multi-generational workforce aspect. So we often pride ourselves in consulting of being very diverse, and we are diverse, perhaps from a gender and racial perspective, but most consultants go to the same 10 or 15 or 20 business schools. We tend to think very similarly. We are trained to sort of be uh, units of capacity that the firm can deploy against some pressing problems we don't have necessarily the same multi-generational level diversity that you see in a typical workplace today. And that was something that was unique in, in industry that I had to find ways to deal with as a manager. Of course, as a consultant, you're still dealing with the client side, which has that level of diversity within their ranks. But it's different when you have to manage a diverse workforce versus a work with a fairly homogeneous group, I would say. That's interesting, Steve. Two of the three points you mentioned there about the things that you learned from industry and, and how they related to your time in consulting seemed to be about talent, either the you know, your perspective on diversity and the multi-generational types of folks you're working with in industry, as well as how consultants and, and consulting firms think about mentoring and growing talent in-house. Now that you're a leader at your organization and you are in a position to hire folks, what types of roles do you say, I should go find a former consultant for this position? Or do you do that at all? I do, absolutely. And actually, ECA was very helpful from that perspective. So when I was responsible for strategy, I hired a director of strategy at the time with help from your firm who became exceptionally successful. And he was a very talented individual as is and 
came in with the right mindset and became incredibly successful. He's our VP of strategy today at Avraz. Those types of roles are ones where consultants are uniquely positioned to fill, of course, on the strategy side. But I think every time you have a role where either the work is not very well defined or the problem is difficult and ambiguous to solve, where that person could come in with a consulting toolkit, if you will, and help you figure out how to define the right solution and then follow it all the way through. Of course, potentially with help from others within the company that could have the knowledge and the background to help with the technical sides of the problem. I think that makes a lot of sense and uh, glad that ECA could help you find some of those former consultants and glad to hear that they were, of course, successful there. And it's, I think it's also helpful for our audience to understand that point as well, that their talent is often sought after or their skill sets often sought after for these interesting and ambiguous problems, which you can find in a variety of different industries. I know we took a little bit of a detour here out off of your career path at Evroz to hear a bit more about consultants and the difference between your consulting days and your industry days. Do want to get back to hearing about the position you're in now at Evroz North America as the SVP of recycling and supply chain. And of course, the industry you're in, I expect lots of challenges that you face over these past few years, as we all have, but want to learn a bit about what's been on your plate, what your responsibilities are, and maybe some of the accomplishments that you uh, are particularly proud of. Absolutely. So I am what you would refer to as an operator or a general manager of a business unit. I run $350 million metals recycling business with 14 sites and 325 employees in the U.S. and Canada with full P&L responsibility. Uh, if the business unit were an independent company, we would be ranked about eight or nine from a volume perspective in North America in a market that is largely fragmented and quite competitive in nature. If you follow the trends in the steel industry, you find that most companies have been setting quite aggressive ESG targets, many of which requires a move towards using more recycled content in their operations. Of course, with the mindset of reducing greenhouse gases and getting closer and closer to being carbon neutral at one point in the near future, uh, which really intensifies the competition, the metals recycling space quite significantly. So there has been a lot of consolidation in the industry with uh, companies trying to expand or enhance their internal scrap supply versus what they need to purchase externally from third-party companies and compete with others on. So in my day-to-day -day job as a business unit leader really is to manage the commercial and operational aspect of the business and balance between various priorities. So set the strategy and the vision for the business, determine how we need to grow and where to invest, manage the key levers of uh, performance, and then manage our talent and coach high potential managers. Of course, the end goal is to deliver quality product to the customer on time and then generate the level, right level of earnings. Typically, we measure ourselves in EBITDA as a percent of margin, sorry, EBITDA margin or EBITDA as a percent of revenue and then cash generation for the company. And we have been very successful. So some of the major accomplishments was to create a foundational support system for recycling that allowed us to function very well and very profitably throughout the cycle. 
whether impacted with COVID or in 2022, we've seen a significant decline in scrap prices over the last about eight months now. And so, you know, through that down cycle, creating the organizational stability and ability to react to issues that come up is vital. Also, our ability to react to things that are outside of our control. Uh, You're probably hearing a lot about how rail companies are facing labor challenges with their unions. They might be at risk of shutting down or stopping their shipments because of labor issues. So we've been pretty successful in dealing with these types of issues as they come up and also maintaining the level of profitability that we expect and the company expects from us. Yeah. Well, Steve, thanks so much for walking us through that, really each part of your career. It's really interesting to see where you started, you know, at GM, kind of squarely in the automotive industry, joined consulting, and of course have have grown your role and responsibilities since then. Before we wrap up today, is there any uh, advice or, or comments you'd like to leave our audience of consultants who are thinking about the next step in their career? Yeah, I would say as you're going through a consulting career, I would have liked maybe to do a couple things that I didn't do as much of. One is to enjoy travel a little more. I felt I was too focused on getting the job done instead of taking advantage of opportunities to be in different places in the world and maybe places I wouldn't necessarily go to in my free time or as an ex-consultant, and also be a bit more tied to the revenue generation, the commercial process itself, even as a junior consultant, be closer to the sell side of the business. You do develop very good skills as you're doing it. I did a lot of it towards the end of my consulting career, but I could have done more in the very beginning. Even as a a new consultant coming into the firm, you still have a lot to contribute beyond writing decks and creating content for others to present. And then as you're navigating a potential transition, I think it is important for you to develop the right relationships with experts in the industry or management teams in the industry that you can uh, create the linkage with and take advantage of opportunities they might have to add folks on their teams. And also, you know, spend time researching the industry that you want to get into. Clearly, I was pretty lucky to go to an industry that I ended up really liking. And to be honest, in the beginning, I thought it was a two-year assignment for me to be in steel. And it turned into a nine-year-plus career that I valued a lot. But doing the research ahead of time to know where you want to land and where you see yourself spending a significant amount of time post-consulting is really important. Steve, I appreciate those tips. I also appreciate that they are very actionable. I think that advice are things that consultants could start doing today. So I think that those are particularly helpful tips. Thanks so much for joining us today, Steve. I'm really glad that we had the chance to have this conversation. Thank you so much, Stephen. Stephen.